You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 188. You can find information on anything referenced in this podcast at thejoyjunkie.com slash 188. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Okay, let's go. Okay, good day. Let's uh, go. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh hello, everybody. Hello. hello. Good day, kind Good day to you. <laughs> Clearly, we're feeling silly today. We always feel silly. We always feel silly. It's just the joy of life. It's the joy junkie. So. So, you got to be joyful. Uh, and if you're from California, everything's like a question. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> that is annoying. We're off to that a really bad start. Bad start. Let's start <laughs> over. <laughs> Hello, pod people. How are you? Hey, everybody. <laughs> I'm so impressed with your sound effects. <laughs> oh, my God. You have been impressing me since 1997, baby. I'm impressive. I, I know. What else to tell you. I know. Okay. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. We're so happy that you are tuned in with us today. Seriously, means the world to us. And it's so awesome to connect with you on Facebook and Instagram and whenever we hear from you and you share what you've been learning and how you've been implementing things, it it just makes it really, really empowering for us to continue to do this work. So thank you for being here. On that note, we actually have a listener topic submission yeah, this week. Yeah, I like week. listener topics. Yeah, it's really good and we've never, ever covered it before. And it is, is my partner a manipulator? Wait, am I a manipulator? <laughs> you, you know, think you're pretty I, I know. Smooth, I think, I'm, I think I'm so clever. Pretty slick, huh? I really, really like <laughs> funny names for the pod. That's a good one. You know. All right, so we're gonna dig into that today. And if you're ever interested in submitting your own show topic. You can do that at any time. If you go to the show notes page for this particular episode, thejoyjunkie.com slash 188, you'll see a spot there where it says, want to submit a show topic? And then you can easily let us know what you would like us to sound off on, as long as it's pertinent and related. So we're definitely going to do that today. And we haven't done this for a while, but I thought that we should do a little celebration of the audience and do an iTunes shout out. Let's do it. So... I want to send a shout out to Morgan BC. Wait up. We don't do shout outs, Amy. We do warm Warm fuzzies. fuzzies. Yay. Ridiculous. Yeah. So this is a warm fuzzy that is going out to Morgan BC. And I don't know if that means like before Christ. Uh, yeah, I don't know either. Uh, Just a little religious humor there for you. (laughs) All right, so she says, first of all, Mr. and Mrs. Smith are hashtag goals. Nice. Just listening to them interact and banter can teach you so much about healthy relationships. Then add in all of the great tips, truth bombs, and thought provokers. Truth bombs. 
I just love the Joy Junkie show. Yay! Truth bombs. I love it. Awesome. <laughs> Warm, fuzzy, out to you, Morgan. Thank you so much. And if you would like your iTunes review read live on the air, you can also check out how to leave an iTunes review. It'll also be on the show notes page at thejoyjunkie.com slash 188 for this particular episode. And it's very simple. I've created a page where it teaches you like the the ridiculous hoops you have to jump through to leave a goddamn iTunes review. No, they're not very user-friendly, are they? But <laughs> it's I really appreciate it because what it does is it makes us more visible in podcast searches. Yeah. And then we can get more more people listening and a bigger community and we actually have some really really fun potty and stuff coming up for the spring. There mm. may or may not be a new private group for free. There may or may that not That means there will. Be. They, there may or may not be a photo shoot happening with me and Mr. Smith. That is a maybe. And there may or may not be warm fuzzies and cold pricklies involved in that photo shoot. They're very well. That's a probable. So I know they're riveted. I know you're riveted. But yeah, lots of awesome stuff happening in the spring. But why don't we pass the mic over to you for a minute? Mm. All right. Today, let's see. Wait, first we got to throw the intro in. Would you rather? There we go. The uh, I think today we're gonna go with a game show theme. Ooh. Would you rather? I mean, would you rather is a game show, anyway, isn't it? Yes. But would you rather The Price Is Right or The Wheel of Fortune? Like be on that? Yeah. Be a contestant. I think probably Price Is Right. See, I would do the the Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. Because I'm much better at like figuring out what words would be up on the board. Yeah, you would do what you would do. Then I am at what those prices are because the prices are always inflated or some of them aren't and it's like it's hard to judge what something costs on that show. Yeah. I think I would like, just it's olive oil spray for seven ninety nine. It's like, like what the what fuck the kind of olive oil spray is it? Fuck are you getting this olive oil? <laughs> so, From Italy. <laughs> So it's kind of hard to figure it out on Wheel of Fortune. So I would like to do... Oh, you mean... I mean on uh, 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 Price is Right. Yeah. I would rather do Wheel of Fortune. I just feel like you... Okay, so you excel in like word games like that. I, I don't feel like I do. So I would rather take my chances with like the multitude of different types of games that happen on Price is Right. That's like they true. have tons they, of they different They do have types. more diversity... Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> celebrating diversity. <laughs> we celebrate diversity here on at the, the Joy Junkie on Show. On the prices, right? So I'm going to go with the prices, right? That's great. Oh, my gosh. All right. So Speaking of that. manipulation. All right. So if you want to share with us what your would you rather would be, you can always find me on Instagram. That's where I prefer to converse with everybody. You can find me at the Joy Junkie on Insta. So this is a submission that came from a listener, as I mentioned, and I want to read what she wrote. That way you can understand where I'm going with with the various topics today. So she writes, the topic I have is how to love and care for a spouse with trust and vulnerability issues. Would also love any wisdom you have around manipulation. And she says over this past weekend, my husband and I realized we have some major trust and vulnerability issues in our marriage, and we both want to grow in this. Seeing that we will both be 
growing kind of at different paces. I would love to know how to grow together. In addition, my spouse has communicated that he struggles with fighting the thoughts of me being manipulative. I struggle to believe that I'm being manipulative, but would love to learn ways in which I could be blind to this if, in fact, it is true. Thanks, Amy. I'm so thankful I found your show and love your, quote, tell it like it is podcast. You provide huge value in the wisdom you share that has already practically helped in big ways. I really appreciate that. Like, I I want people to feel like they can implement Sure. I'm always taking notes and I've already referred back to them as we navigate the growth in our marriage. Thank you again. You are so welcome. Thank you for writing into the show. It's really helpful for me too because then I know what people really want to hear about. And and then I also, I get, this is why it's so great to have you on the show too, is I get convoluted with what a newcomer to personal development might be struggling with versus what somebody who's been immersed in it for like, 10, 15 years like I have. Right. So it's great to hear other people's experiences. So thank you sure. for writing in. Absolutely. And thank you for being the voice of the people, Mr. Smith. That's what I do. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> so first and foremost, I'm going to give you a couple of resources. And I'm also going to highlight signs of manipulative behavior that are really kind of across the board measurements of somebody being really manipulative so that you can kind of check in if we're dealing with just sort of opposition and communication with your spouse or like straight up manipulation. And I'm also going to point you to a handful of other podcasts that we've done because today I'm not going to focus as much on the blame or excuse me, the trust and vulnerability stuff. I'm going to go way more into the manipulation So first of all, signs of manipulative behavior. First of all, there is zero ability to ever take responsibility. Like if you are a manipulator, you never look at your role. You never look at, did I do something wrong? Is there a way in which I can be better? Do I need to communicate? There is zero responsibility on that person's behalf. Okay. Okay. That's one of them. Uh, Things like, and and the way it shows up oftentimes is my second point of it's always about what the other person is doing or not doing. So a lot of times manipulations in relationships will sound like, well, I can't do that. There's no way I can do that because you do this, that, and the other. If you would do this, that, and the other, I would totally be able to do that. There's always this focus on, no, but it's your fault, but it's the way you're being. I'm totally willing to do Mm -hmm. X, Y, or Z. And there's zero responsibility of like, yeah, maybe that is. Or you just don't have that capability of learning, listening, being open to that other person's experience. Another major commonality is motivation through guilt. And you can kind of hear that even in that small snippet of that statement of, well, if you would just do this, well, we would be totally fine. Like there's this, I'm trying to motivate you through guilt. Well, that's the whole, that's what manipulate is, is, you know, controlling or influencing things. That's right. To your advantage. Yes. That's what manipulation is. So of course, guilt would be a perfect tool. for Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it, so they can they can express things or you might express things 
through a limited mindset, not realizing that you actually are using manipulative behavior. Like you might genuinely not realize that because a lot of times we grew up being motivated by guilt. You know, sure. our parents did that. And it. I don't want you to un, to think that if you've used any kind of manipulation or statements like I've just mentioned, that all of a sudden you're this clinical narcissist with manipulation issues. It could just genuinely be that you never looked at it through this lens before. So give yourself some compassion that if your intent has never been to manipulate, that's also a really big sign that perhaps it's just communication issue. Yeah. Because a lot of times people who who employ manipulation behavior are pretty clear. They're they're clear about how to get what they want. They're clear on your biggest triggers and they use those to their advantage. Mm-hmm. They use your weakness to their advantage. Sure. So all of those things, you know what they get? Cold pricklies. That's right. (laughs) So I I wanted to just mention that briefly. Now, I am not a psychologist, a therapist, psychiatrist, none of that. I'm not trained on deep narcissism or manipulative behavior. If any of those things really resonate with you after you've listened through the majority of this the, the entirety of this podcast, you might want to consider working with a therapist or digging deeper if you're dealing with like a classic narcissist. Mm-hmm. Because the, the the understanding that I have around narcissism as well is that it really is 100% focused on self and how I survive. And if somebody else is and not focused on self in the sense of let me see how I can be better. But in, I'm always looking out for my own good. Yeah. And I don't, I always blame you if I'm unhappy. So just kind of a little caveat to think about as we go through this. Now, as far as resources, because she did ask a multitude of questions. I want, and I'll put all of this stuff in the show notes. Again, you can find it at thejoyjunkie.com slash 188. But I would highly suggest checking out the podcast on trust, which is episode 185. I did one also on vulnerability, which is 172. And then she also mentions a couple of things that we talked about in episode 186. And it's the overarching theme is what do you do when you have different goals and dreams than your partner? But there's a couple of concepts that we talk about in that podcast that I think will be really pivotal to looking at this manipulative behavior idea. One of them is the concept of supporting your spouse in the things that they want to achieve versus making them wrong. So a lot of times what you see with manipulation is if you just don't understand why your partner loves to go out and hang out with a bunch of people and you much prefer to stay inside, you might be, quote, making them wrong And so the things you say to them are very motivated from guilt and kind of like, why do you need to go do that? Why do you need to hang out with those people? Why can't you just stay at home with me? Which could be very manipulative because it's playing upon that idea of if you loved me, you would do what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So go back and listen to that pod. Uh, Again, that's 186. Another thing that she had asked in her question was growing together. And in that podcast, 
I also talk about the concept of growing together, growing individually, and then growing alongside one another, where you're both growing individually, but you share that with each other because the pace doesn't have to be a deal breaker. And we actually share some anecdotes of our own relationship where what we were at kind of like different paces. So I think that those resources will be really helpful. As far as today, I'm going to give you, let's see, what do I have? One, two, three, four. Four things for you to really look at to check in with yourself to see if am I behaving slightly manipulatively? Because again, like I said, it could very well be that it's just how you learn to communicate, possibly from your family of origin, possibly from other lovers or past experiences, friendships, colleagues. You could have learned this behavior without being malicious, without having ill intent. Right. So that's the first thing that I do want to note about this particular listener is she did not, she's kind of going like, oh my God, do I really? Am I manipulative? That would make me think, no, you're not. You just probably aren't communicating the most effectively. Because, yeah, I, I think as, of manipulation as unscrupulous or yeah. like being clever or, you know, trying to mold people into doing something. Like that consciously. You do. Yeah, doing it on a conscious level where if she's asking that question, then she's probably doing it unconsciously. That's right. And I'm guessing, like with the four things that I'm going to cover here, there might be room for you to alter how you communicate because my guess is it's landing as manipulation to a, a spouse. Uh-huh. That he's interpreting what she's saying as you, typically what men think is you're trying to change me. Yeah. And well, that feels manipulative. <clears throat> and a lot of women do that. I you was know? Say, that's and that's a that's a broad common. that's a broad stereotype generalization. Right, but it's fairly common. But it's common that people do what I call taking on a project where mm-hmm. you haven't really identified what you really want in a relationship. So you, you, you know, go on a date with somebody and you're like, hmm, maybe we can work this out. And with the intention of I'm going to get them to do all these other things that I need in a relationship. So instead of just going, this is a fucking project, it's not what I want and moving on. Yeah. Right. So the first thing that I want you to look at is keep tabs on your unsolicited advice. And this is for everybody in relationship. This is for everybody. <laughs> yes, period. Yeah. <laughs> yes, everybody on Facebook telling you what you should and shouldn't do, like yeah. how to raise your child and mm-hmm, who to vote mm-hmm. for and all that shit. Keep tabs on your unsolicited advice. So here's something that I see really commonly in relationships. Your spouse is going through something. They're frustrated maybe with their work environment, not happy with their health. They complain. You immediately go into, you know what you should do? (laughs) You know what? (laughs) You know what? You should do this. You should try this. Here's all of my solutions and you did not ask for them. And so if you start going immediately to your spouse's discomfort their bad day, the thing they're unhappy with, with a solution, you are pushing your agenda. Now, it's not that dramatic. It doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm a manipulator. It's not that. It's that there's more effective ways to support your partner. Now, 
another way that that comes up too is saying like, well, you always do this and you never do that. Like when, yeah. when like again, let's take that same example of let's say your your partner is really frustrated with their work environment and they come home and they're bitching about their boss and then you tell them all the things they're doing wrong. Well, like you always do that or you never stand up for yourself and you never do da da da. That's not helpful, right? And I don't necessarily think it's manipulative, but it can land that way. Like I said, he could be looking at that going, God, you always want to force your agenda or what you think I should be, what you think I should be doing instead of like just being there for me. Which is the same thing because you said you always, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah. And then, so it's, it, then it becomes tit for tat. Mm-hmm. So instead, here's what you say. Instead, when when they are bitching and complaining or they're upset or unhappy, don't try to fix it. Say, how can I support you best? What do you need from me in this moment? And do it kindly. Don't be a sassy ass. Like, what do you need from me? You know, or what? I don't know what you want from me. Not that. Just saying like, God, babe, I'm so sorry. That really sucks. How can I... How can I really support you with this? Or how can I, what do you want most from me? Yeah, what do you need? Right. And we do that a lot. And there'll be times when you'll say to me, like, I don't really know. And we've done the opposite where I've said, I don't need an advice. I don't, please just don't tell me what I need to, what what I should do. I just need you to feel sorry for me. (laughs) You know, just say, and then, and then we can have a conversation about that. Now, if you see something in their behavior, like let's say that same situation, they're always bitching and complaining, but they never take any action and you you see total complacency with them and they don't ever speak up at work or they don't ever ask for the promotion or they aren't researching other job options and you see all these opportunities for them, then you can say something. You need to respect them and you need to request and say, May I share some thoughts with you? Or I have some thoughts about your whole job situation, but it sounds like you're really frustrated. I don't want to just like give you a bunch of unsolicited advice. Would there be an That's op- awesome. Right? God, people need to do that more. Uh, right? Right. It's not <laughs> fucking rocket science. In fact, I had somebody, I was just reading a comment somebody sent me. They were like, your shit works. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, because you're you're just genuinely treating people with respect. But again, like I said, we're not taught to communicate like that. We see any type of emotion, like our spouse is uncomfortable or they're sad or they're pissed. Make it stop. React to it. React, react. Yeah. Instead of just asking them what they need. So that's a huge place for you to check in. How much unsolicited advice do I give? Now, Sounds like this particular listener, they're both communicating about this and saying like, whoa, we're realizing there's some trust stuff. There's some vulnerability stuff. Mm -hmm. One of the best things that you can do is go back through some of these podcasts. This one and those other three that I mentioned, commit to both of you listening to them individually and then coming together at a very uh, non-emotionally charged time. Like during a date night or something like that. Not yeah. in the middle of the fight. Not when you're really frustrated. Not when you just called each other a manipulator. Not then. <laughs> Amy says. Amy says. Amy said. Yeah, don't do that shit. <laughs> You'll get a cold prickly. You, you will get a cold <laughs> fucking prickly. <laughs> That's my favorite 
Okay, but have that space where you're listening to it and going, oh, here's what I realized. You know what? I do do that. I do give all this unsolicited advice. How do you interpret that? And then listen, listen. What does your spouse say? Yeah, when you do that, I feel like you really want to change me or you have this agenda about what I should do. And then you can have the opportunity to say, oh my gosh, that is so not my intention. I just hate seeing you in pain. Right. I I think people just jump to what they know and what they've always gone to. That's right. Um, And they don't necessarily look and reflect on the inside and are able to get to that voice of, when you say that, it feels like this to me. That's right. Right? So having that vulnerability in there will help kind of curb this manipulation. That's right. Because that vulnerability allows for vulnerability on the other side, right? And they don't have to use those manipulative tools and the other person have to use defensive tools. Right. And then you can just say what you feel instead of reacting to what the other person is saying. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, Mr. Smith. You're the per, (laughs) he never sees my notes ever. And you perfectly segued into the next one. Yes. All right. So the second thing is exercise vulnerability. Yeah. By getting really clear about your intention and stating your intention. So I'll give you an example of that. And I I did kind of mention it just briefly, but the intention is really important because that is really indicative of am I a manipulator? Because like we were talking about, the intention of a manipulator is to manipulate, is to mold somebody's behavior to suit self, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. whether or not it's good for that other person or not. Right. So if you're looking at a situation like my husband is really unhappy in his job and he's always complaining about it, think about, okay, when I do give that unsolicited advice or when I do jump to a solution, what's my intention? Huh. Oh, man, my intention is just to help. And I hate seeing him unhappy. I hate seeing him frustrated. That's your intention. But like I said, that might not be how it lands. So when you talk about it, state your intention. And I do this all the time, whether I'm declining an invite, standing up for myself. I say, please, no, it's not my intention to leave you hanging. It's not my intention to let you down or whatever, in this situation, please know it is not at all my intention to give you unsolicited advice (laughs) or to make you feel like here's what you should be doing. My intention is to be the best support I can for you and sometimes I mess up. Or my intention is to help you as best you can. It's painful for me to see you in so much pain. That right there, the statement of that intention versus let me just throw out a blanket solution is radically more vulnerable. And like you were talking about, when I just throw out this superficial advice piece and that's not what the other party wants, your ten- uh, your tendency is to respond like with defensiveness, frustration, frustration or, yeah. bitterness, not vulnerability. It's like putting up these walls, but you don't realize you're doing it. So if you can approach something like that with that element of vulnerability by stating your intention, what you intend, 
that will also foster vulnerability from their side, right? Energy will naturally mimic like energy, period. Yeah. I've used that example all the time where if you get honked at, like somebody's like pissed at you driving like, <laughs> your instinct is to reciprocate that intensity the and be like, back. fuck you, motherfucker. You know, we don't go, oh, look at them channeling their energy in a really unhealthy way. <laughs> we don't do that. We just naturally mirror them. Right. So if you're embodying vulnerability, of course, we cannot control our partner at all. That's the whole point. But if you're embodying vulnerability, you're more likely to get vulnerability from them because they feel safe instead of feeling like they need to be defensive. We've got to come up with a a man's version of vulnerability because I think for men, vulnerability sounds... Scary. Yeah. Not scary, just uncharacteristic or I don't know something like I don't know if it's maybe like a deeper connection with your spouse because I also think speaking your mind or I I don't know something I've talked about this a few times before that I really think that men get a bad rap and we tend to think that they can't understand vulnerability and that all they want is sex and they don't care about talking to us and they don't care about romance and you know I think we sell men short in a lot of ways Mm mm-hmm That being said, there's tons of different men out there. And there's some who aren't very evolved. And vulnerability equals threat. No, no. I just mean the word. Yeah. I I don't know if men attach to that word the way that women do. But you know what what is interesting? Like, I work primarily with women. I do work with some men. But it is so common that people are like, that is not safe. Vulnerability is not safe. Right. Like there is so much kickback across the sexes that I was that way when I was young. I was hurt. I, I need to put walls up. I think it really spans a lot of. So maybe it just needs to be that that's it. You just like, okay, it's vulnerability. and just, You got to deal with right? it. Just deal with it instead of like putting a veneer on it. Okay. Yeah, but I'll think about that. I'll really think about that because perhaps there is something uh, semantics wise that might be more palatable. But that's, yeah, that's a really good idea. So again, with this one, with uh, number two, this whole stating of the intention, this is where it is incredibly important that you are 100% honest with yourself about your intention. Mm. Because in that example, if your intention is to genuinely be a support for your spouse, that means if he says, I just don't want any suggestions. Please don't tell me what I should do. You need to respect that. And you need to back off and go like, okay, you got it. You got it. But if your intention is to say wording like this in order to get your way, do you see what I'm saying? Then your intention is fucked up. Then it's manipulation. Right. And then I just gave all these narcissists out there, (laughs) which I seriously doubt are listening, a new tool. But that, that can also be really dangerous really, really smart, evolved manipulators or narcissists use personal development in the wrong way. Mm -hmm. We see it a lot in how people sell coaching, you know, where it is manipulative how they sell. And that's why I've always really maintained that commitment of like, whatever I sell, if I say there's 20 spots, there's fucking 20 spots. If I say it's early, like I stick to my word. I don't claim anything that I can't back up. And I think it's really, really imperative. But we see it all the time where people use things that are noble, like stating your intention, 
in order to manipulate. That's yeah. why I'm saying for you all out there, I really don't think that's the problem for this audience. I want you to just get really clear in each instance that you're approaching with your partner. Get really clear with what you're trying to do and make your intention to be of support instead of let me get him to do what I want or get yeah. her to do what I want. <clears throat> All right. Number three, when you are broaching any type of challenging conversation with your partner where you want some change from them, like maybe you want them to take the trash out more, you want them to initiate sex more, you would like them to take on specific bills, or there's something you want rectified in your relationship, like a need you have that you would like to have met. And they don't do it, or they don't support it, or they make you wrong, or whatever. Use phrasing like, when when you say something like this, or when you do this sort of thing, here's what I make up. Here's how I interpret that. Tell me if I'm like off my rocker. Here's what I, you know, and so you can take responsibility because a lot of times that's what we're doing is we're interpreting instead of really being clear. Like a lot of times, like let's say you establish some type of, I'm going to pay these bills, you're going to pay those bills, and they didn't do it. And so you interpret that to mean he thinks I'm going to take care of everything. He doesn't care about these new systems that we put in place. He disrespects our marriage. And so you interpret that behavior to mean something totally different. And then you take it out on them based off of your interpretation. Yeah. So if you can come to them and say, hey, so I know we established like this new thing about how we're going to pay these bills. And I noticed that you didn't that that didn't get handled last month. And I just wanted to share with you, I make up in my head this whole story that like you don't care, that you don't want to collaborate on finances. Am I like totally off my rocker? Because I'm finding myself being really bitter or angry. Like, am I on to something? And that way you give them the opportunity to go like, oh my God, I completely spaced it. You're right, we were supposed to do it. Maybe they just completely spaced and hmm. you being able to give that that explanation of here's what I made up, here's, here's what yeah. I interpreted, instead of blame. Because we oftentimes, our gut response is to go to blame. And we go, you didn't pay those fucking bills? We agreed on that. Yeah. What do you mean you didn't take the trash out? What do you, how many times do I have to ask you to initiate sex? How many times do I... And so we immediately go to blame. Because we're irritated based off of our interpretation. So that's your responsibility is to go, okay, I'm really pissed right now. What were the set of facts? And then how did I actually interpret those facts? Because usually it's something our spouse did or didn't do, and we make up what that means. We interpret it, we create how it lands. Yeah. So the, that's the specific phrasing I want you to use when you are approaching something in your relationship that you want remedied. Any of those number of examples that I just gave, approach it with what they call in psychology a soft startup, which is also vulnerable. Yeah. It's where you soft com- startup. It's where you, go. you come to. Oh yeah, maybe we call it <clears throat> soft communication or something. I don't <laughs> soft know. Soft start. So a soft startup 
is one that's vulnerable. So instead of coming from that place of blame, you always, you never, you know how this pisses me off, you da 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 you go into a soft way to go like, hey, babe, there's been something that's been kind of on my mind and I really don't want to be nitpicky, but I feel myself getting bitter about it and I want to share it with you because there's no way you would know that. There's no way you would know this. And you take responsibility for your communication. And then you say, when this did, did or didn't get handled, this or didn't, wasn't initiative or initiated, I totally made up this whole story that you don't care. You da, 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 all right. the stuff you made up, and then you talk about it. You yeah. actually have to be willing to hear your partner for them to go. Oh my god! Well, here's the deal. I really wanted to start initiating sex, but I get this feeling that you're not interested. You know, or when you say stuff like I have this really bad headache or work's been really stressful, I make that mean. You're not interested, so then I don't, you know? And so then you can have a really collaborative conversation about what's really happening in that experience. Yeah. So, and then finally, number four, and I kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier, if any of this stuff, you guys listen to these podcasts, you listen to the other ones I suggested, you start having conversations about it, and you keep coming up empty. You keep beating yourself over the head, and you're just kind of like, why can't they understand what I'm saying? You might need a third party. Nice. Especially if there is a really hard and fast belief for your partner that you are a manipulator. You might need a third party to say, hey, what she's doing is not manipulation, honey. You know, you might need like somebody, somebody else, else yeah. to look at the overarching themes in your relationship and to call them out. And sometimes you can't do that between just the two of you. It really depends on where you're at in your relationship and how willing the other person is to learn, grow, and hear. Yeah. Hear information like this and hear information from you. And you can talk about, here's what I'm committed to doing. So again, all it is about fostering that communication with each other. So overall, I would say, I really think this is a, based off of this listener submission, I don't think anybody's massively manipulative. I really don't. I think it's a basic communication issue. Right. I think it's right. you. Issues. So I hope that was helpful. Anything else you wanted to kind of throw in? No, I was just uh, drinking it all in. This is a good one. Yeah. This was a great submission. So thank great you submission. so much. All right. So you've got some homework to do. And we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out. Out.